Hallelujah. Look around and tell somebody, I'm glad I came to church tonight. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a good night to be at church. Amen. Tammy said, you know, you ought to preach on hell since it's so hot right now. I said, no, I won't do that. <laughs> Some good props on that deal, huh? I appreciate those fans. Hallelujah. They have really made a difference tonight. Hallelujah. God's been good. It's been a good week. Hallelujah. God's been doing some stuff in the midst. Praise the Lord. And I've appreciated the Holy Spirit. He has, he has led me specifically. You know, he's changed my schedule, my plan a couple of times this week to adjust to, to his flow. You know, I always believe in trying to have a plan, but I always know that you've got to submit that plan for the adjustments that the Lord wants to make in that plan. And if you'll do that, if you'll learn to do that, you, you, will, you will find things that you're really looking for. And uh, following God like that will unlock all the potential that God intends uh, to be released in that season of time. So never be rigid about your plan. You know, make a plan, have a vision, but learn to adjust along the way with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say, God, I give you my plans. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, I tell you, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray. If you got a need in your life, maybe you need healing, maybe something like that needs to happen in your life, I want you to believe God tonight for something to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, to touch us right where we're hurting, right where we're broken. Somebody in this room, you're hurting. It's not physical either. You're hurting in your heart. You're hurting and you really are. It's like a choppy ocean. And you're, you're trying to find a way around it, but you can't. I'm telling you tonight, the Lord's going to help you with that. He's going to touch you with that. And he's going to speak peace. And that storm in your heart's going to stop. Father, I thank you for that tonight, in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to minister to the physical body tonight. Lord, the places where we hurt, the places that are broken, the places that have eroded and, and, are, and are just worn down, Lord, I'm asking you to, to, to rebuild them back up and set us free from that limitation in the name of Jesus. Lord, some of us in this place, we can't sleep all night because we hurt too bad. Lord, some of us in this place, Lord, we're, we're struggling with things day, on, day in and day out. And we ask you to touch that tonight. We rebuke the condition. We declare it crucified. We declare it that Jesus, by his stripes, healed us and made us whole in the name of Jesus. And we rebuke the pain. We rebuke the symptoms. We rebuke the condition. We rebuke whatever the doctor calls it. We declare in the name of Jesus, body, you come into a line with the purpose of God. I've got stuff to do. And in Jesus' name, we claim that healing right now. In the name of Jesus, we command that blood sugar to come in line. We command that blood pressure to come in line. We, claim, we command that cholesterol to come in line. In the, we command that iron to come up in your blood. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My God in heaven, I'm telling you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you for the touch of God. Thank you for the touch of God. Thank you for the touch of God. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Take a deep breath and go, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm a little drunk. Amen. Well, there's just times it's like you can't see the back of the room. <laughs> your, your, my eyes are not going the same direction. They're <laughs> kind of floating around in my head. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We're going to pray for you tonight. I want to minister this to you tonight. It's in line with, with, with the flow, what God's doing, because this is all about a positioning. Your pastor had a great dream uh, somewhere around the beginning of the year, and I shared it with my leadership, shared it with the church about a move that was coming, fire from heaven that was coming. And of course, at the time, we're expecting it right then, but throughout the course of this year, it slowly unfolded itself to where I become aware that we're really just now beginning to see the manifestation of that come into place, and that all that's been going on uh, in our life, in our body, and in other places has been about a, a positioning for this thing to come. You know, sometimes moves of God come and half the church doesn't go with it or more. You know, one of the great revivals we had in the 90s, man, you talk about being fought by lots and lots of people. It was fought, and all it was was laughing and joy. And, man, the miracles that came out of that were astounding. The salvations that came out of that were astounding. I learned a whole lot about people getting saved during that time because I always tried to beat the bushes to get people saved. And I found out when the Spirit of God's present, it's not hard to get people saved at all. They're going to get saved whether you're preaching, whether you're taking an offering, whether you're having a baptism, or whether you're just greeting people. People are just getting saved left and right. But half the church rejected it, if not more. And it took a long time for a lot of people to get on board with that. Boy, I'll tell you, what a waste of time when the Lord's trying to do something to be a resistor. We find ourselves getting comfortable. You know, anybody that drinks new wine thinks the old wine is better if they've had old wine. And it's real hard for them to make an adjustment into the flows of how God will expand our, our perception of what he's doing in the now. Uh, so whatever God did in your, in your life in the past is good. Hang on to it. Carry it with you. But allow yourself to make adjustments along the way. There's some about that tonight. Make adjustments along the way. Make adjustments in your thinking. Make adjustments in how you perceive what God is doing in your life and allow him to lead you to where he wants you to be. When you're sitting down and reading the word, you know, I found out a long time ago that you can read one verse of scripture and you really get a powerful revelation out of that. And for a period of time in your life, that powerful revelation will dominate your thinking. And then somewhere along the way, you're reading that same verse of Scripture. You have that same revelation you walked in. And then God brings about something you didn't see before. And, uh, and I've known people that they just couldn't adjust. They just couldn't, couldn't get with what they were seeing, the Holy Spirit showing them out of that. They had to hang on to just what he showed them in a time in the past. And you know what happens? You stop growing. You stop being able to grow into what you're really supposed to be as you mature as a Christian. Because we're all growing up. Hallelujah. We're growing up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And as we're growing up in the Lord, I want you to know something. As you grow in the Lord, 
the, the thing that you're really supposed to do begins to materialize, begins to surface, and you're able to handle it. You know, Jesus talked about uh, the, that he's the vine and we're the branches. And then he talked about that when the Father wants more fruit, he prunes branches, cuts them back. I had a neighbor a long time ago who was a preacher, and he, I noticed one day I was looking over the fence at him, and he had a bunch of tomato plants out there, but boy, they looked like he, he was out there cutting limbs off of them, just cutting limbs, and, and I mean, there wasn't much to the plant. It was like, man, he's, he's not going to get much fruit off of that, but he told me, he said, we're doing that because it's not much fruit we're looking for, but we're looking for big fruit, and if you cut that thing back, big fruit begins to, to produce on that, and the branches are able to get stronger to support that. Well, the Father sometimes cuts us back because he's looking for something else. And, you know, we, we talk, and he says, by that, my, you know, my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit. You know, the word bear doesn't mean produce. And most of the church thinks that means I've got to produce. Bear means carry. That, it, that, if I, that if I can carry more than what I'm carrying. You know, in this rat race of a society that we live in today, we get concerned about the busyness of our life and the schedule, and sometimes we're like, I don't know how I can handle any more. And sometimes we're prophesying ourselves into places of frustration where if we'll just adjust to what the Holy Spirit is doing in the hour we can carry something later on that we might not be able to carry in the current season where we're at. Everybody say, Lord, I need to carry some more. See, he wants to load you down with him, with his things, with his stuff. Hallelujah. You know, my God, there's been a lot of people in my life who are like, I got a ministry. I'm going to preach. But then they never can come to church faithful. Or they're always chronically late. Or they always, you know, they, they stub their toe on the way out the door and it hurts and it throbs and then they, they well, I'm going to have to miss tonight because it just hurts too bad. And it's like, wait a minute, come on. But you got a healing ministry? You got, you're going to preach the word? You're going you're gonna to be faithful to what God has given you? <laughs> it's like, come on now. We got we to gotta understand that even in the natural, we have the examples of employment. You know what happens to your, to your job if you decide you're going to be chronically late and not go to work and you're just going to wake up and say, I don't feel like it today, and it just goes on and on and on? Your boss is going to find somebody else. We have that example, but we never carry that over into the Spirit somehow where, where the Lord might be trying to deliver to me something and that all of that I'm going through right now is my opportunity to get stronger, not my defeat, not my demise. That the weight that I might be feeling, that once I find the rhythm of grace, I'm going to be able to bear up under that load even better than I ever did. You know, I found my life, and I'm not even into what I want to talk about tonight, but I found it in my life that, that there, it's almost like every level, there's like a... In my, this is the way I, I, I interpret it. It's like a spiritual membrane that stretches and moves, but it pushes back on me. And I mean, I can remember this from the get-go. It was like I was in this realm. It's almost like a baby in a womb, and I'm, I'm pushing, and I can feel it. 
and that's where my faith could carry me. I could, I could operate in there okay, but if I wanted to get outside of that, I found resistance. And I've learned over the years that in the exercising of my faith in the promises of God's word, I could bust that membrane. At some point, there's going to be a delivery of my life over into another level. And when I get over into that other level, a different function, a greater function of grace begins to happen to me. Watch this in finances in my life. You know, I've talked to you about I came out of that poverty spirit. I'm going to tell you, when I started getting a hold of prosperity, it was a radical thing. It was radical to me to think that I could actually prosper because I'm looking at, I don't have an education. I'm just a high school graduate. You know, I have no trade skills. I can't do anything. You know, I wasted a lot of time in my early years. How can I possibly prosper? I don't have any skill set. But I found out that that was a spiritual problem that I was trying to answer in the natural and that what I really needed to do was find the place where I got a hold of the promise of God's word and begin to exercise it and begin to work it and begin to take risks. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you how you spell faith, R-I-S-K. Somewhere you've got to risk something to trust God. And I learned to do that. And did I blow it sometimes? Yes, I learned though. And I learned that it was not my demise. It was not going to sink my boat. It was going to be just simply a catalyst for wisdom and experience to carry me over. I'm telling you, we're supposed to be kings. We are. We're supposed to. Everybody say, I'm supposed to be a king. You're supposed to reign in life by one Christ Jesus. And you do it because you've received an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Let me tell you something about righteousness. Now, we know that we're clothed in his robe of righteousness. We don't have, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But half the church doesn't remember how righteousness was accurately taught to us a long time ago. We really only talk about it in the realms of right standing with God. We have right standing with God. That means he gave me righteousness because I didn't have any. But when righteousness is received in your life, there's this other aspect of it called the right doings of God. There's the right standing with God. He who made him who knew no sin to be sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God in him. But when I pick that up and really understand that the right doings of God begin to start manifesting in my life. God begins to show me the plan that will produce in my life. The things that he wants to come out of me, the ways that he wants me to walk in, and I find the ability to do it. When I couldn't, you know, that power that we receive in the baptism of the Holy Spirit is power for living also. It's power for doing, but it's power to be what I'm supposed to be. And when I am what I'm supposed to be, I start acting like I'm supposed to be and doing those things that I'm supposed to do. And I find the ability of God to do it. You know, the most, the most unqualified person in this room is still qualified when you get over there in the spirit and that all the things that are with men impossible with God all of them are possible hallelujah you realize how many preachers over the years sometimes we, we've gotten this shaded jaded view of preachers that they all just had a big break 
You know, it was just like, well, they just, you know, they just got around the right crowd and it rubbed off on them and stuff like that. Man, God picked most of them guys and gals out of the worst conditions and called them while they were in darkness, called them while they were broken, called them when they had nothing and began to reveal himself to them and they just got a hold of it. And it transformed their life as they proceeded and walked with God. Your life is going to change. Look at your neighbor and say, your life is going to change. I'm telling you right now, the body of Christ, the body of Christ in America is on the cusp of something that it has not seen in generations. We are on the cusp of something. A visitation of God is a beginning to appear. The smell of bread is beginning to cook again. And the scent of that is beginning to flow in the atmosphere of the house of the Lord. And we are going to be a different people when God gets done with us. We're not going to be running from problems. We're going to be looking for them and solving them and going through them and overcoming them. And we're going to move forward with the agenda of heaven and not stuck on the agenda of the earth that tries to prevent us. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we've got to come to the place where we overcome the natural that tries to quench the flame of what it is that God has put in us and be determined to hang with it because you have the capacity to do it. You have the capacity to do it. Hallelujah. Man, praise God. I want you to look at this scripture. We were singing this a while ago, and I had this already in my notes. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This morning while I was spending time with the Lord, I was reading in the book of Galatians and Paul was talking to the Galatian church about how come you've become bewitched to where you're now moving from the center of Christ in your life, faith in Christ in your life, and his ability to get it done, and now somehow you've shifted your position and now you're relying on natural things to try to get this impossible job done. And he used this term. He said, you've turned. And he said, you've turned to this thing that we don't understand now because nobody talks about it anymore. He said, the weak and the beggarly elements. You've turned from Christ, from the work of the Holy Spirit, to the weak and the beggarly elements. Well, I spent a little time digging in that because I know that word in the Greek. It's the stoichion. The stoichion is a specific word. That described, and they understood what it meant in their day, it described the turning back to the letter of the law and specifically the way that it was communicated socially at the time was the ABCs. I'm turning back to 1.2.3, the jotting off all the, the list of requirements and rules and all this stuff that I have to live by. And then it also describes the fallen world. The fallen world that we live in was also described as stoichion and the atmosphere of corruption that was the product of the fall that now 
causes the law of sin and death to have a preeminence over the ignorant, over those that don't know Christ and over those in the body of Christ that don't seem to get a hold of some things. There's a law that just seems to work when it shouldn't work for them. The law of the spirit of life should work, but they're coming back under the sway of this wicked world and all that it tries to produce. Then the third level is that there are bad spirits involved that hijack the corrupt system and they try to mask themselves and actually these Christians in these Galatian churches were turning back and even going back under the bondage of demonic powers. And Paul was telling them, listen, this, this, this mistake that you have made, that you've transitioned from trusting in Christ, has led you back to become subject to a fallen world in a way that the gospel was supposed to have liberated you from. Everybody say, I'm free. I'm free. So when he says something like, stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has made us free, and don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, then we as believers should be determined that we are going to maintain our freedom and not allow our freedom to be taken from us again. And I'm telling you, my life has been a journey where I've realized by walking with the Holy Spirit, there were some realms that I was free in, and then there were some realms I wasn't free in. Some realms, I didn't recognize that my thinking was messed up. You know, I was saved. I was on my way to heaven. I knew I was going to go there. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I praised and talked in tongues when I went to church, but I had a bad poverty spirit. And I was subjecting myself. Nobody had told me yet that I could really be free. Nobody had said, you don't have to walk that way. Nobody told me that Christ made himself poor, that me through that work could find the riches that he has set aside for me. But when I began to hear it, it began to challenge me to adjust myself and what I believed, how I believed, how I talked, how I Used my money. How I began, I mean, Tammy, she can tell you, when we first got married, uh, she went out and bought $35 worth of groceries for the week, and we about got a divorce over it. <laughs> That's not a joke. That really happened. <laughs> we about got a divorce over it because, like, woman, you ain't going to take all my money. Well, my God. See where my thinking was? My thinking was stuck in this realm that was so far below where she was who did not grow up under a poverty spirit. And I had to learn that my, may, maybe, maybe she's not wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something more. So, you know, I, I, had to, I had went to my pastor. I had lost my job, and I went to my pastor at the time. And I said, hey, pastor, I need you to pray for me. I got to have a job. And he goes, what would you like to make a week? Well, I'd never been asked that question. I didn't even know how to answer it. He goes, uh, two, three, four, five hundred dollars a week? Well, my God, I'm still at the $35 a week level in my thinking. And he goes, let's pray for that. And boy, I didn't, I didn't want to say, I'm not sure I can believe that. So I just went with him. We prayed a prayer of agreement. But boy, there was something that was deposited in me through that man of God where it started affecting the way that I thought. Glory 
And I, I'm telling you, God began to try to expand my thinking to believe for more. That, that it wasn't wrong to have more. I thought it was somehow wrong to have more. I thought it was wrong to live in another place with God where there was an abundance. I had grown satisfied to live in the land of not enough. I didn't know anything about any other land than the land of not enough. I had surrounded myself with people who always complained about not having enough, and I was one of them. And just perceived that that was the only land that there was. How many of you know that the land of Canaan, the promised land, is always the land of more than enough? The wilderness was the land of just enough. They gathered manna up one day at a time just for that one day. But the land of Canaan that they went into, the promised land, was always the land of more than enough. And man, God started rattling my cage and teaching me how to exercise my faith. And I started rebuking things. You know, I told you that I had that bad spirit called the spirit of destruction. It would, it would manifest at times to shipwreck my blessing, to shipwreck my joy, my peace, my relationships, and my blessing. And it would cause a destruction. My, my behavior would cause a destruction and sour whatever event was trying to materialize that was a good event. And I needed to get delivered from that. And thank God that the Holy Spirit sent somebody into my life to pray over me and rebuke that thing and call it out for what it was. And when that thing come out of me, I'm telling you, it was like somebody lifted blinders off my eyes and I began to start seeing in a way that I didn't see before and my believing, my ability to believe began to be released to where I could exercise my faith differently with more of a confidence and get out there and grow in the things of God. But I've had to fight over that sometimes where the enemy would try to take my circumstances and drag me back under that shadow. And, and, and those voices will come. It's a strange thing. It's like when calamity comes, it's amazing how many voices come from those around you and talk about, oh, you're, oh my, oh, for, poor you, and, and you know, all this stuff. And, and you get into this sympathy mode, and then you begin to collapse under the weight. And if you're not careful, you're over there in the ditch crying and whining and believing that it's the end, and it never was. It was just something that happened. A storm happened in life. A calamity happened. The devil showed up, but you never saw your way out of the thing. God's, God wants us to get to a place where we recognize that this is just an opportunity for me to climb higher in the things of God. That I can grow through this thing because at the end of this thing, what he's really trying to get to me is to be my ability to carry something more than I'm carrying right now. I mean, you think about a ministry. You know, years ago, there was all them television preachers on TV, and everybody was criticizing them for, you know, if their name was Jimmy, all they wanted to do was say, gimme, gimme, gimme. And that was a real common thing. <laughs> y'all are... Y'all are Y'all are, thank God you're married. Amen. <laughs> they behave like me and Tammy do. But you know, I started realizing along the way, because I was one of those critics. I used to criticize Benny Hinn and Oral Roberts and all them for all that stuff that they would do on TV until I realized that, my God, you know what? They're carrying something I don't have the strength to carry. They're carrying... I mean, you know, we're, we're preaching on this level, and then we have the critics. My God, think about the critics they have on their level. 
They're coming from all different sectors, the warfare that they have on their level. But, you know, they didn't just arrive there overnight. Somewhere along their way, they, you know, all Roberts built that city of faith by getting up in the middle of the night and walking out to a plot of land that he believed that God wanted him to build that on and walking around that place all night long praying in tongues and prophesying and releasing an interpretation from time to time that would encourage him. And he walked that thing night after night and claimed that ground. And police would come by. They'd begin to recognize who he was and shine the light on him. Oh, there's that man of God. And they would just wave at him and go on because he's walking that ground. And it was that very ground that came up where God gave him the ability to buy it. And then through faith, not overnight, not a windfall, but through faith of determination, I heard from heaven, and he began to plow that thing out and built that ministry. I'm telling you, that, 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 that inspired me when I read that thing because that's how God started changing my mind about being a critic of him and recognize that I've got things i got to build in my life too. But I, but I started asking myself the question, am I, where am I at with this vision that God has really given me? You know, how faithful am I? How connected am I? How submitted am I? Really, how, how much do I really believe what it is that I said God said? And I examined my faith and I started finding holes in the story and, and God started leading how to fill them holes in to become stronger to be where you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be there. You've come to, you've come to the kingdom at such a time as this. Stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We as Christians need to live a life that accommodates the reality of the relationship with Christ through the person of the Holy Spirit and we would call this, like James did, a submission to God. Everybody say submission to God. James said this in James 4, 7. He said, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a sign of good, strong faith when the devil ain't running from you. It's not a good sign. If he's not running and he's supposed to run. If, if the mountains aren't moving, they never move. Now, I understand some of them are real stubborn. I mean, some devils are real stubborn. But boy, at some point, they've got to go. And you know it when you know it. they got to move. But if they never move and they've got you running, we should back up and look at the first part of this. Boy, the Lord helped me with this some years ago in the year 2017. In the year 2017, I had a dream at least once a week of standing up in the pulpit where I pastor and this scripture, I was preaching out of this verse of scripture. And always, always the emphasis was not on uh, that when you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Always the emphasis was on submitting to God. And I would wake up from that and go, you know, my mind was like, what is it, Lord, that you're trying to get across? <laughs> and it was like, Finally, after the, uh, this was a three-year period. This was a three-year period that this happened. And when it, when it finally really started understanding that the problem 
was not that we don't have authority to run the devil off. The problem is we can't position ourselves correctly so that authority would work like it needs to work to put the devil on the run in our life. Everybody said the devil's supposed to be running. So you think about submitting to God and what that really means in the broader picture of your Christianity. This is a willingness to be humble. The message here was about being clothed with humility. That God resists the proud. My God, how many times in my life has God come to me and said, you know, you're operating in pride. And I wouldn't call it pride because I thought pride was just some haughty look. But in my life, it was more of a stubbornness that I was resistant to change. I was resistant because some things God wants to do make me uncomfortable. Some things God wants to do, I, I'm going to hang on to what I got right now because, you know, one day I'll get there. But, you know, you fight God and you wrestle with God like Jacob because you really don't know who you are yet. And, you know, you're, you're, you're coming over into that place. And finally, when you get a hold of it, you bow. And I'm telling you, I have found this about warfare. The devil's not some big bad being that can't be beat. He's already been beat. His kingdom has already been unraveled. Jesus has already led him a vanquished foe. And all the realm of the spirit and all the angels know it. He was humiliated by the cross of Christ. Absolutely humiliated. And when, when you understand then I can't get a victory over some things in my life when I should be getting victory over them. It's not really, well, what's the key to my warfare here? It's really, hey, Father, what is it in my life that this enemy is eating on? What, what snack? What smell? What is it in my life that this thing keeps hovering around me and lording over me and oppressing me? What is it in my life? Let me show you something. In the book of Matthew chapter 17, there's a story here. And it's repeated in the other gospel of Mark chapter 9. But in Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, Jesus has come down from the Mount of Transfiguration and his disciples are down there trying to minister to a family. And this family has a teenage son, and he's acting out. We would say he's having fits that are causing havoc in the family. Rebellious, seizure-like, destructive fits. So when Jesus comes down, it says, when they come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic, and he suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now, the revelation of this right at this point is the disciples had already been told by Jesus, I'm giving you power to go out two by two, and this is what you need to do, and casting out devils is one of them. So they were already commissioned with the authority of his name to go out under his ministry and minister to people. But yet some reason here it's not working. Later on we find out the reason why. 
because they had backslid a little bit in their thinking and they had kind of let some things go that, that they should not have let go of. They weren't functioning where they needed to. They had, they had allowed something to overtake them again. And that's why Jesus told him, this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. And most of the church thinks the devil and the boy was what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about the devil and those disciples that had now dragged them back into unbelief. He said, get back in your prayer closet and grab your faith again. Eliminate the distractions that have caught you and get your faith again. You get back over there until you get it again. You know how many times I read stories about those men of God of old that I respect. Like Brother Hagin, he talked about the anointing of God that would function in his hand. And the Holy Spirit told him in one vision, said, if you ever sense that it's waning, go into the closet and give yourself another time of prayer and fasting until it comes back. My God, think about all the anointings that have been lost because nobody took the time to get back in the private place with God and get a hold of that thing. And we think that God gave it to them again. He already gave it to them. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They had somehow out of sync with what was flowing in them. And they need to eliminate this stuff and get back to the flow of the Holy Ghost so it operated like it needed to. Every single one of us are like this. Every one of us carry an anointing. We carry a power from the Holy Spirit that will work when we get over into the realm of the Spirit and operate in the Spirit full of the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm going to tell you right now how many of you serve in the church. Amen. Let me tell you something. Don't come into this house just casual and routine. Don't walk into the house never having spent time with the Father. Don't come into your ministry. I don't care if it's cleaning. I don't care if it's greeting. I don't care if it's nursery. I don't care if it's whatever you're on the schedule for that you don't really want to do that day. Spend time with the Father and submit to Him. How would you submit to Him? You would say, Father, what is it you really want to do in my life today? Help me to find the flow today. Help me, Father God. I don't want to just do this out of religious ritual. I don't want to do this because I'm punching a time card. I want to do this because I'm called to do it. I'm sent to do it. I'm released to do it. And I'm supposed to do it with you. And not without you. You know how many preachers there are that preach in the pulpits, but they don't even pray. They don't ask God what it is God wants to do. They've been to Bible school. They know how to draw out a scripture and a verse, and then they take that into the pulpit and feed the people. And no lives are changed. Nobody's revived. Nobody wants to draw closer to God. We're just like, well, that was good. And then later on in the day, well, that was a good service today. I wonder what he preached on. I can't remember what it was. And no lives are changed. Y'all okay with me? Praise the Lord. I'm, pre- I'm preaching today. Amen. 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 But this boy was hijacking the family. And so they brought him to the right place. They brought him to the disciples who had the authority to do something about it. Now, Mark chapter 9 tells the story a little bit differently. You know, this, this, this idea that he was an epileptic, the, the Greek word is lunatic. Yeah. And the idea was that he was on a lunar cycle, a, a repetitious cycle that would come and go. 
You know, Tammy's grandpa, before he got saved, he lived his life as a drunk. And he could live long periods of time sober. But then it was almost like something would come over him, and then he would, he would get back on the sauce and just be drunk for a period of time, and then it would almost like it would lift off of him, and then he would be sober for long periods of time. What was that? It was the same thing. He was a, her grandpa was a lunatic. Her grandpa was not crazy. He was caught by something that had a cycle. Something that would surface at times and then vanish at times, but he was still in bondage. I'm sure when he didn't have it operating, he would think, well, I might be free right now, but then it would come and drag him right back into the prison. And you know what? When he gave his life to the Lord and he was nearing the end of his life, I led him back to the Lord. And man, this guy did a radical turn and got delivered from that thing and didn't do that anymore. Hallelujah. So it says in Mark uh, 9, verse 17, then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit. So he identifies it even a little bit more. This spirit not only hindered this boy from talking, a mute spirit can work in the realms of physical and it can work in the realms of soul and even the realm spiritually. I've encountered people. I learned this from A.A. A. Allen. He, I, had a, I had a whole a semester worth of material from Miracle Valley, Arizona that taught on deliverance from Brother Allen himself. He wrote every bit of it, and he pulled this out. I was, I was, I was, I was shocked by this because uh, when that minister had ministered to me years ago, he called out a deaf and a dumb spirit, and I'm thinking, is he calling me dumb? Is he saying that I'm stupid? He wasn't saying that. That minister knew exactly what he was ministering to me. I had had a, a disability... That was materializing the natural where I had problems communicating and I had problems learning. I had problems focusing. I had problems. I couldn't even hardly remember my own name. People would come up to me and, and shake my hand, tell me their name, and I, could, I would immediately forget who they were. And many people would give me a phone number and I would forget what it is. I just didn't have a capacity to retain stuff. And then even worse than that, I didn't have a capacity to communicate. And so he ministered to me and got me set free from that. This boy had this same thing. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? He's answering the disciples. How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought him to him, and when he saw him, Immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And so he asked the father, Jesus asked dad, how long has this been happening to him? And the father answers Jesus and says, from childhood. See, this boy was a teenager and Jesus said, how long has this been happening to him? And he tells Jesus ever since he was little, now, here was, the, here was the interesting thing in the Greek construction of this sentence. How long has this been happening to him could be accurately understood as how long has this thing been walking all over your family? How long has this thing been ruling your household? How long has this thing been lording over y'all and creating the chaos and keeping y'all out of step? And dragging you into stuff. 
When you feel like you're out of it, there it shows back up and pulls you back in, just like Michael Corleone said, amen. It drags you and pulls you back in. Now think about this. How many today are dealing with cycles of bondage that can vanish for a time and then they come back in and it wrecks the whole routine of everything and it costs them stuff. I mean, we could put that in the realm of children sometimes that are going through cycles like that or we could put it in the realms of physical problems, stuff that's like you, you just got that, 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 that breakout, you got a bill paid off and you're, you're enjoying it and now, bam, something else hits you and drags you right back in or worse in the situation that you came out of. And it's not like this is a new thing. It's something that just happens and your response to it isn't one of victory. Your response to it is the thing lords over you and you identify with it. You know, the problem with some of the stuff going in in our generation with the sexual stuff that's going on, it, it's deep. It's, it's identity issues. I mean, they think this is who they are. And how many Christians there are that are identifying with the problem and not identifying with the master? Now, Jesus, when he's, he's, he's getting into this thing, the dad says, it came into him when he was a little child. Jesus like, ah, See, Jesus asked the right questions. He asked the right questions to get to the root of what it is that was causing this problem. See, when we belong to church life, pastor will be teaching us because he's concerned about not only the, the financial areas of our life, he's not just concerned about our healing, he's concerned about families, he's concerned about marriages, I mean, just last night, he got revelation for the marriage retreat that you're planning. The Holy Spirit began to die because he's concerned about families. The Holy Spirit's concerned about families. So he says it happened when he was a little child. Now he's a teenager, and it's really ramped up. For his daddy says, for he often is thrown, this thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. Jesus, if you can do anything, help me. And Jesus looks at him and says, wait a minute, hold on. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now, here's how we think this is speaking. We think he's answering Jesus Lord, I, I believe, but I've got doubts. That's not what he's saying. Jesus knew how to draw out the reality of what was going on. You've got to remember something. Jesus is talking to a Jew. Jesus is talking to a covenant person of Abraham. Jesus is talking to one of his own people. And Jesus is pinning this down and saying, wait a minute, we're supposed to be walking in different blessings. How did this happen to him? When did it happen? When he was a little child. But if you can help me, no, wait a minute, if you can believe again. Well, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Do you realize in that moment the man confessed, I ain't been living right as daddy of my house for a long, long time. I've not provided my home a covering. I've not provided my home to protect. You know, daddies are supposed to protect. Husbands are supposed to protect. Husbands are not only just supposed to protect in the natural. They're supposed to protect in the spirit. 
There's supposed to be a covering for that home, a covering for those kids. Somewhere in there was areas of compromise with his religious life in the Lord. And the devil got in there. When the devil got in there, it surfaced in the kid. We don't know all that was going on in daddy's life, but we know the kid was cooking in this thing at least from the time that he was little to the time he hit teenage years. And when the teenage years happened, man, it was really ramped up by that time. You know, years ago when we first started pastoring, there was a, there was a family that came and joined the church. And the, the Sunday morning that they showed up, they had a, a, a teenage boy and he, what was he, about 14? And he was in, he didn't have a, he had, a, had some kind of little shirt on, but he had a diaper on. And he's sitting over there, and the whole family's sitting just right off from the pulpit area, and they're sitting over there in the church. And, and the little boy, or the teenage boy, he's, he's acting like he's, he's in diapers. He's crawling all over the place, trying to grab this and that. You know, and I'm like, I happen to know the story because I read the papers. This family, this boy had friends, and one of the friends' dad ran the funeral home. And this, this family was wild. They were rebellious. And, and so anyway, the, the kid that, whose dad had the funeral home they had somehow heard a story that if we took a joint and dipped it in formaldehyde and smoked it, then we would get the biggest high we've ever got in our life. And so the, the, the kid got the key, and this group of boys goes into the funeral home, and they go into where the formaldehyde is, dip the joint in there, and this kid right here lights it up, and it fries his brain and sends him back to, to a baby in diapers in his mind and in his psyche and the doctors this is this is several months down the road and the doctors had said he'll never be normal again he'll never be normal again he's now fried and this will be the way he is for the rest of his life and this kid he's 14 years old wearing a diaper because he can't even go to the bathroom by himself and this family is here at Sunday morning church and so this kid gets up, sees me, he crawls over and tries to grab the microphone and mom and daddy are all panicking. I sense the Holy Ghost is working. And so I just, I just held him up there and I said, now we're not going to freak out. You know, some of the ushers are like, we got to get the kid out of the altar, get out off the pulpit. No, no, at least leave him alone. Something's happening here. And you know what happened? God was working a miracle. And you know how he got to that family? Daddy stood up. And he walked up to the front and he looked at me with tears in his eyes. This is a rough man now. This is a man. This is, this, this is half criminal man. I mean, he was, he was rough. And he looks at me in tears and said, Pastor, can I, can I have some prayer? And I said, what is it you need? And so I step in and I put that microphone there and said, what is it you need? And he said, I've been living like the devil and I know better. And the devil has gotten into my house through my rebellion against God. And I publicly repent before God and say, God, please help me. Help me. I repent. And I brought my family to church this morning because we don't have any hope except God. 
And I'm the daddy of this. This happened to my son because I was not a daddy to that boy. And I didn't cover that boy. And I wasn't taking him to church. And I didn't serve God with him. And teach him what to think. I know, but he didn't know. I knew better. And I let it go. And now I'm returning and God helped my family. And you know what? We prayed for that family. They rededicated their lives to the Lord. It didn't happen at that moment, but within just a short little window of a few weeks, that boy came out of that place and returned to a normal state of mind. Daddy turned back to the Lord. Yeah, he's married and got two kids right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, you know, we've noticed ever since then in our ministry that those kids that are autistic and ADHD kids and attention problems, God seems to heal them. As their mamas and their daddies get them in church, they come out of that place. Just Grayson was just one of the latest examples of this. You know, Grayson came to church. You couldn't touch Grayson. You know, he'd freak out, and he's, like, super intelligent. You know, he's like, he's like Rain Man, and he's, like, super intelligent. And here's the thing, you know, everybody gets nervous when you go to talking about this because you feel, people feel like you're picking on kids. Listen, we're not talking about picking on kids. We're talking about Jesus wants to help families. There are miracles to be had if we can get over the social problem of the hurdle here. This is not picking on anybody. Somebody's got to stand up and say, Jesus can do it. Amen. And I'm telling you, I remember Tracy, Grayson, he just don't like, well, he's in the right place. Praise God. So I just kept on picking on Grayson. I'm telling you, I'll go over to these kids and I'll just pick on them and love on them and pick them up and hold them. And I'll just let, I'll just let them know I'm in your life. I know I irritate you. My, my son-in-law's sister was the same way. She was so autistic, man, she was just all freaked out, you know, when she would come up, can't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. Now she's just as normal as anybody else. I mean, she's been healed by, we want so many of these families get touched and transformed in this area of life. It's like a miracle that just unfolds itself. But it starts with people submitting to God. You know, those families, those families have tried other churches and gotten run off. Some of them, they gotten run off. Or the, or the church didn't have the capacity or didn't know what to do or just had just a social program that we're going to stick the, the kid in. We're just going to find a teacher that knows how to handle those kids and we're going to stick them over there. And, and there's no, no, nothing beyond that. And you can get that at school. You can get that in other places. It's like the church... It's supposed to be a house of miracles, of restoration and healing, where God can turn the thing over that's been lording lord over. You know, I mean, those families, it's like that thing lorded over them. I mean, one lady a few years back, Julianne Dino, her son, they, the doctors told her, your son will never be able to even brush his teeth on his own. You'll have him the rest of his life. He'll be on a check. He, he's, he doesn't have the capacity to function in life. He'll always be under your care. And I mean, it didn't take but a couple of years for God to bring him completely out of that. And he's also married, got a bunch of kids. And I mean, he just keeps on having the kids. Amen. It's like these miracles are right in front of us, but they, they, they ha you know, it was, it was because these, these mommies and these daddies, these Christian people 
had decided to make an adjustment within their life and say, you know what? This hit and miss Christianity that I've been involved in ain't cutting it. This thing where I'm kind of half in and half out, this, this half-hearted serving God, this, this I want my social life and secular life not to bleed over and worlds collide. And they decided to sell out and say, God, I'm in. I'm all in. This is what it gets me, open doors and all different. And I'm not saying every case necessarily is this, so please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying every situation is like this. But I'm telling you, we've watched it so many times, we just know it's going to happen. But it all starts with them mamas and them daddies who have decided, I'm, I'm going to submit to God. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really examine what this means. And I'm going to readjust to come up under that covering of the Lord. And be determined that I'm going to start getting it right. And lead. And cover. Be spiritual when we go home. Be spiritual when I wake up. Be spiritual. Really be a person of the word. Really be that person that I'm supposed to be. This last verse, and we'll read this, and then we're going to pray for you. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. Jesus told us this. I'm going to give you some keys here, some things you need to do. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes to the dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I'm going to return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds an empty sweat and put in order. And then he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter there and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. And so shall it also be with this wicked generation. Talked about this right out the gate. But we're facing a generation that if God doesn't do something, they're going to be, it's going to be lost. But God is doing something. And Jesus marks generations and comes in and begins to sweep clean, begins to throw the devil out. But we, but we have this misconception. We have this misconception of, of never a part that we play. That if, if God wants me free, he'll just get me free. Man, I got free because that minister prayed for me. But two weeks later, I'm back at the altar getting prayer again because I let them back in. I let them back in, and I'm going back through struggles, and I was deceived into believing that, uh, that I didn't work. Well, this must not, because about, about four days, it was peace, joy, wonderful, hallelujah. Day five, I wake up with something wrong. I feel like, I feel the same. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. <laughs> and then, and then I just, I just let them back in. I was fooled. And that minister told me, he said, now, now you need to get your house filled and don't let them back in. Don't let them lie to you. Don't let them deceive you. Don't let them back in. And when I came back to him, I stand there and I was crying. And he's like, you let them back in, didn't you? <laughs> See, getting the house clean and free isn't the end of the story. We have to learn to do our part by filling that house back up and positioning ourselves. Listen, this whole, this whole week, we're getting ready for something that's going to happen here. We're getting in a position for the Holy Spirit to come and empower us to do some things towards other people and other situations and other spheres of our influence. But he needs to come into our life. And listen, we'll never be perfect. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect, but there's things that have been lording over us. 
keeping us held down and held back and, and things that should have long gone that are still in existence within our lives. We have to learn to fill our house now that it's been vacated and clean. Some of us, the other night, we had a prayer and, and, and people got free. And, I, and I'm telling you, it was happening. There was people getting free. Happened in our church last Wednesday night. People got free. And it was almost like their, their eyes were just stunned that, that as we prayed this simple prayer, something left them. It wasn't the exorcist. We got to get out of that Hollywood thinking. You know this, we watch too many demon movies and Hollywood horror stories and all this stuff, and we think that this is what goes on in church. Most of the time, it's just you realize you have a peace that you didn't have before. I, I've literally felt things leave me and seen things leave me. Man, I'm glad to see them go. Get them out. I mean, I was never ashamed that I had a devil. I'd be ashamed that I kept one. So what do I do? Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, this in, listen, Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity, the Bible says the early church had fellowship. You know, fellowship, look it up in the, in the strong. How many of you got a Strong's Concordance? All right, the rest of you, get a Strong's Concordance. Let's become a Bible people. Let's dig. Let's dig like we're looking for the sure foundation. Let's dig in that thing. Find this out. You know, when, when, you, when, you, when you dig in the word and you find out that there's a word called fellowship, we think that means they just went to church. No, they went to church and participated. Everybody say participation. participation. It's not a spectator thing. Real fellowship participates. And they're like, well, I don't have a ministry here. Yeah, that's not what it's talking about. Participating means when the song is being played and we're singing, I'm involved. When the preaching is going on, I'm plugging in, I'm making a pull, I'm doing something. When an altar call is being given and I've got that issue, I'm responding to it and not just sitting there Amen. and going out the door and missing that window. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means praying and worshiping in the Spirit. And it's a participation activity to where we learn how to stay this way, strive to stay this way. Another thing I would tell you to do is learn to use the authority of the name of Jesus, not just on other people, but in your own life. Everybody say, I've been given that name. If you're a Christian, you've been given. Listen to me. The blood of Jesus doesn't cast out devils. Do you know that? Lots of the church thinks it does. The blood of Jesus was never about the devil. The blood of Jesus was about Father God. Do you realize the Father God was the one who was angry the Father God was having to behave in a way he didn't want to have to behave because there was sin, and he's a just God. So he sent a lamb, his own son, and so that that lamb could be offered and sacrificed and the blood could be applied and God's heart would change. The blood, everybody say the blood is for the Father. So when we say I'm cleansed by the blood, that means my relationship with the Father is now secure. I may still have to deal with that devil. That's why Jesus gave me his name. And I've got the power of the Holy Spirit to use that name. 
That's why the Bible says things like this to us. Hallelujah. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody say, that's me. Jesus said, in my name they will cast out demons. In my name they will. It didn't say the preachers would just be the ones casting out devils. It says if you're a believer, if you are a believer, you need to start casting them out. I'm telling you right now, it, we ought, some of us, we ought to get back to the days when we go home from church services like this with a bottle of oil in our hand and we start anointing the doorposts of our house again and rededicate our lives back to God and our entire home and sphere and saying, this belongs to you. And throw out stuff that we're participating in. We shouldn't, you know, we have no business as Christians participating in the occult. How many Christians depend upon their horoscope today to be led? Or go to a witch somewhere to get a fortune told? I'm talking about Christians who ought to know better than stuff like that. I mean, why would you ask the devil about your destiny? Do you think he's going to tell you the truth? You know, some people get, get, get funny uh, I get, because I go, to, I go eat Chinese food. And I'm just, uh, I mean, this is me. I'm not saying this is you, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with you. But I'm kind of this way. And I go to Chinese restaurants, and they pass me out that fortune cookie. I pass on it. I don't even crack it open. You know why? You know why? Do I believe that that's a real prophecy? No, I do not. I believe that some, probably some white guy somewhere in a factory was just pulling this off of the back of a cereal box and writing it down and sticking it in that. I mean, I don't believe that that's anything about a fortune, except that the whole idea of the thing just bugs me. It's like I don't even want that thing bobbing around in my head. I've got the word of the Lord. I don't need a word from anybody else. And it's like, it's like for me, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm watching over what's been given to me. I don't, I don't need Cleo to tell me what my destiny is. <laughs> I, mean, I told this story the other day, but I had a relative in Antlers, Oklahoma, where we were at before we went to Atlanta, outside in, in the Rattan area. There was a real witch that was out there. She was a witch. She had a, 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 a South American husband, and he was, he was actually the real witch. You know, he was one of them, one of them native people down there. Anyway, they, uh, you, they, people would go to her. And they would, you had to bring either money or a trinket to get your fortune told. And then she'd give you a trinket. Or she'd give you a, a, a word. And uh, I had a relative come and said, I'm thinking about going over. I'm going through a really hard time. And I said, what? Why would you do that? Well, I'm just going through a really hard I said, but you know the Lord. Don't be messing around with that stuff. Well, you know, they got off the phone in agreement and then did it anyway. <laughs> Typical Christian. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and so a month later, a month later, I get a phone call. It's toward the evening. My relative is crying in the phone. Oh, God. Oh. I'm like, what? what's happened? Did you go to that fortune teller? <laughs> yes, I went to that fortune teller. I know. I said, Daddy, oh. I said, well, tell me what happened. I went in there, and she told me my fortune. And then she says, now, when you leave here, don't turn left. 
She said, but the only way out of her driveway was left. There was no right. And she said, if you turn left, you're going to start hearing a phantom phone ring. And she said, I turn left and that phantom phone is ringing in my head. I can't sleep. I'm tormented. I'm just tormented. <laughs> I said, well, I told, I said, I told, I told you not to, I told you not to go. So she repented, we prayed, I rebuked that devil, and instantly that phantom phone stopped, and she got relief and peace. And I said, now don't do it again, amen. <laughs> this stuff actually happens, this stuff actually <laughs> happens to people. And it's like, you know, everybody say, I'm going to use that name. So you need to get confidence in the name of Jesus. Get your confidence in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, I found like, Pastor Zig, he's got a great message on this. You know, when, when the, the sons of Sceva were trying to cast out demons, that, that them exorcists, and that demon manifested and, and told them guys, said, you know, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And then jumped on them and beat them up. Well, the Greek says, Jesus, we absolutely know. Paul, we're getting to know. We don't know you. Now, think about this. Where's the apostle Paul? So, so here's, the, here's the question. You really, need, you really need to ask yourself these kind of questions in your life. How well does the devil know you? Does he even know you exist? Don't you think he's supposed to know that you exist? Don't you think there ought to be something in you that makes him uncomfortable and makes him nervous? Don't you think there ought to be something in you that actually rumbles in the realm of the spirit when you get around something that is sensitive in his realm? Where, you, where he's afraid that something might get lost and fall into Jesus' hands again. No, we ought to consider this. We ought to consider this. One more time, say, I'm going to use the name of Jesus. Here's another thing. These are things that help you fill your house up. Practice forgiveness. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to practice forgiveness. I can't, you know, you want to know a big area where devils will come into your life. Demons will get a hold of you. It's when you hold a grudge. You know, this is, this is far more serious than we, we like to believe, but it is serious. Practice forgiveness. Pra you know, forgiveness, when we get hurt or, or, or done wrong, we usually get hurt. And we got to look at forgiveness like this. Forgiveness is an event and it's a process. The process goes along depending on how hurt you were over what it was that was done to you or, or whatever response you had to it that, that caused you to be hurt. So sometimes you got to practice that forgiveness and work yourself out of that place. And when you do that, you got to understand something. You're doing that for your own interest. Well, they didn't apologize. Well, don't live your life in forgiveness depending on whether people apologize to you. They might apologize or they might not apologize. But my forgiveness to them has nothing to do with whether they apologize to me because I want to keep myself in a good place. And listen, I, I've been offended just like everybody else. I've been mad and offended and hurt and all the stuff that goes along with it. And then it's like you go through that thing and then you realize, oh, crud, I need to forgive them. I'm, I'm, I'm giving the devil a lunch here. I'm, he's eating me up. And I'm being torn. You know, the Bible says the longer this goes on, you could be turned over to things called tormentors. 
I mean, something's wrong when you've been hurt like that, and we're talking a year, two, three, four, five years, even 10 years or 20 years, and you go to bed at night, and you're trying to snuggle into sleep, and all of a sudden, your mind goes alive with the wrong that was done to you. You know how many Christians are like that? They're, they're, they're trying to go to sleep, and they can't go to sleep because the offenses are flying around there, and they haven't even thought about them all day long, and they're thinking about them while they're trying to go to sleep. Well, tormentors are in there. How was the answer to that? Well, yeah, I cast them out, but you have to, you have to forgive people. Even family. <laughs> you need to forgive your own family. Well, if I forgive them, they might hurt me again. Well, get wiser. You know, there are things about relationships that there are some people within my life, they, they have a toxic, I have family members that are toxic. And so I also know that there's things called boundaries you know, if, they, if they've used me and abused me in an area, I'm going to forgive them for that, but I'm not going to cast my pearls over there, you know. I'm going to kind of be a little more protective of it, but I'm not going to be held captive in unforgiveness. Jesus said this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, Jesus also said, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, Matthew 6, 14. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. So don't be held in bondage by unforgiveness within your life. Don't be held in bondage. Everybody say, I'm going to learn to be a forgiver. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, offense has a funny thing. I heard Bill Johnson say this the other day. He said, when offense is reigning in the life of the Christian, it causes us to hear things that are not said. It causes us to hear things that are not said. Wives and husbands have the same issue. Sometimes when we're offended, we heard something that was not said. So, like this, just in this realm of forgiveness, we also are, this is number four and last one, we're like Abraham. Abraham, at the initiation of his call, one of the things the Lord said to him was, I want you to come out of your father's house come away from them. Now, we, we don't interpret that to mean I break relationships with my parents. But, you know, to walk in freedom and walk in the Lord, there is this awareness that begins to come. Well, we start recognizing that there were things about our family and things in our family line that are characteristics of things that are, that are not up to par with what God has called me to walk in. I keep using this because it's a familiar one, but like that poverty spirit. You know, when God began to call me, he started calling me away from my father's house and the way that they thought about money. The way they thought about money and the way they thought about people. There are some families, they're just critical. They're just critical about everybody. They can't say a good thing about nobody. They just talk, talk, talk. And so, you know, we're answering the call of God, but we still are with the, the, the family, and you still should be with your family, but you have to become aware. There are things about this that bring me back into bondage. You know, I can go home, spend time with my family. I'm, I'm about to do that in here a few days with some family. But, you know, there's a reason why in Christmases, that you go and get together and it's wonderful the first day it's pretty good the second day but by day three my god it's time for everybody to go home <laughs> because all that familiar stuff starts cooking 
And it's like, you know, they start thinking of me before I knew the Lord. And, you know, I start falling into conversations I shouldn't be falling into. And we start talking about things that are, my God, so far in the past that it doesn't even have a relevance in my life today. And there have been times I've left family gatherings. And I was the person that I was before I met Jesus. And I'm like, my God, I got to get saved all over again. And it's like, what is this? Well, I forgot. See, I, 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 was, I allowed myself to be caught. And, and the Lord calls us away from that stuff. And it's okay. Like I said, it doesn't mean you break your relationship with your parents or you break your relationship with your loved ones. It just means you recognize where the weaknesses are in you and the things you can't participate in that you used to participate in that lead you to places you don't really want to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it helps you to recognize the things that drag you back into bondage and you avoid those things. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet tonight. <clears throat> Everybody say, I love you, Pastor Ben. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're getting free. We're getting free. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's stir up the Spirit. Sister, can I pray for you? Come on, let's, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep on praying. Can you come on up here? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you love Jesus, don't you? Amen. I want you to stand over here. I'm going to pray for you. you we don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. Amen. <laughs> Would you hold up your hands to the Lord? Father, I thank you. What is your name? Glennis. What? Glennis. Glennis. What a great name. Thank you. That's a great name. <laughs> Lord, we thank you. Hold up them hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the touch of God today. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, fill her with the Holy Ghost. Now. 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 <laughs> you're awesome. I tell you what, you're awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here in this place, and you would like for like prayer. We're gonna just pray. We're not gonna, I'm just gonna be led of the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm not gonna get into any particular zone unless we feel led to, but we're just gonna pray. I believe in the laying on of hands. I believe things are, are caught through the laying on of hands. I think things are initiated in the laying on of hands. I think anointings are transferred. I think some things are moved. I, it's like hooking up with, with, with a locomotive engine. Sometimes I gotta put two engines on that thing to pull that 
that them rail cars down the track. Well, when you hook up with somebody, it can be like hooking up with, a, with an engine and it starts pulling you places that you need to go. So I'm going to invite you, if you would come, we'll line up across the front here. And I want to pray for anybody that wants prayer tonight. We're going to pray for you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, just stand right there and go across. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, Carolyn, it's great. Amen. You're, it's, your, it's your time, isn't it? It's your time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. A spot opened up. Did you see that? <laughs> it was like a spot just for Eric opened up right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody in this, in this line, I want you to say, Lord Jesus. Say it again. Lord Jesus, I'm here in this line because I want the touch of God. You know what I need, and you know what I want. I'm asking you to give it to me. I'm ready for it, and I want to leave here with it. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving me more. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Now take a big old deep breath. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> All right, pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's start. Amen. Cherie, Cherie, Cherie. Oh, Cherie. Jesus' name. <laughs> now, 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 now. Out of your belly. Flow rivers. Flow rivers. Flow rivers. Flow rivers. In the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for healing Twyla. Thank you, God, for healing her foot. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let the power of the Holy Ghost be upon her. In the season that she's in, Lord, I thank you. My God. I see the Holy Spirit moving some things in place. Wrinkles, things that are just adjusting. Ironing out. That's it. That's it. Ironing out. I'm ironing it out. I'm ironing it out. I'm ironing it out. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, pull more now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost. Now, now, now. <laughs> now, 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 now. Yeah. Now, in the name of Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost. Sister, God's got his eye on you tonight. I'm telling you, he's got his eye on you tonight. Praise the Lord. Now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, full, full, hallelujah, full, 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 full. Oh, now, 
in the name of Jesus right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Out of your belly, in the name of Jesus, flow rivers of living water. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I release this brother into the next season, into the higher place. Lord, I release him right now in the name of Jesus into his future. Lord, he's lightening the load. He's letting the luggage and the bags go to his side. He's going to be able to run better. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name above every other name. We declare health, healing, life, peace, rest. A miracle in the name of Jesus. A miracle in the name of Jesus. Now, miracle in your life, healing in your life. Touch of God out of your belly in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come on, let's press it. Lift them hands up to the Lord. Hallelujah. I got one right here, brother. Thank you. Yeah, Rhonda, say, I want mine tonight. Hallelujah. I am going to tell you this. I see people in your life that you love that are, that are, that are their, their time is coming back around. Their time is coming back around. Hello. <laughs> I don't want to scare him half to death, you know. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the man of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Lord, bless this baby. Thank you for this baby. May he always know the flow of the Holy Ghost. May he, all, may he always know the things of God. Lord, I pray, may he always be on fire. May he always be in that thing that God is doing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for Marissa. Thank you for Marissa, Lord. She's jumping off that stump, and she's going to fly, fly, fly. In the name of Jesus, her turn to fly. In the name of Jesus, it's her turn to fly. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anna, praise God. Lord, I pray that you bubble up on the inside of her in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a simple act of faith, I want you to lift your hands up to the Lord and you're giving it to God and you're letting God have it. You're turning your hands loose of it. It belongs to Him. It belongs to Him. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. Lord, I thank you for the still small voice in the quiet. 
I thank you, Lord, that you are there in the dark. I thank you, Father, that you are there. When there's no other human around, you are still there. And she is not alone by a long shot. There's more that be with her than she realizes. Her house is a full house with the company of heaven in the name of Jesus. And I pray for that atmosphere to charge and to light up. And Lord, that there be great, great swells of joy and peace. Thank you, God, in her life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I would tell you this. I hear the Lord saying, daughter, he's calling you daughter. And he says, daughter, there's times that are more appropriate for things to unfold themselves than at other times. Wait for my timing. My timing will come. And when it comes, it'll work. And when it works, it'll succeed. And it will be blessed. Uh, be patient unto that time. Be patient and let me satisfy your heart with those things that you've rested your heart upon. For I have much in my care. I have much under my eye. And I'm working and I'm doing things that you do not even know about. For that time shall come. And that time of fullness shall come upon you. And there will be absolute joy and absolute celebration. So rejoice in it now. Learn how to get over there in faith right now concerning those things. And prepare yourself. Because there are things that I'm doing in you that are restoring and that are healing and that are bringing back together. And I'm closing up the place that has been torn open. Hallelujah. So that when you walk where I'm going to take you, uh, it will be a great blessing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full. We release your anointing, Father, in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Lord, your bro brother, I looked at you before we started church tonight, and I saw uh, uh, fruit, and I heard the words, more fruit, more fruit. There's still more fruit to come. <laughs> more fruitfulness. <laughs> There's still things that are going to be brought <laughs> out of your relationship with God, out of your calling with God. Ah, thank you, Father, for bringing it to pass in the name of Jesus. Your willingness to move where I say move and go where I say go has positioned you even in things that you're not aware of yet for I'm going to unfold something in your midst says God and I'm going to bring fruit more fruit in your life in the name of Jesus hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus full of the Holy Ghost full of the Holy Ghost full of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, in the name of full, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Brother, I see you catching a wave of grace that you've never wrote. I see you like a surfer on a wave, like a big pipeline wave. And you're about to flow in some things with God that you've never flowed in that are, that are going to be just, just amazing. You're going to catch this flow. And it's going to lift you out of some places uh, that, you're, that you have limited yourself by your own personality. That there's another you in there that when that anointing will kick in, it's going to lift you up so high, uh, not to be seen by men, but be lifted up in places where the flow is unhindered in the name of Jesus. That's a better way of saying it. Hallelujah. I declare over you, Lord, let him catch the wave. Let him catch the wave in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Lord, we're going to win every battle. We're going to walk victoriously. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, that them elements are never going to lord over me again. I'm born from above. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for our precious sister right here. Lord, we pray over her in the name of Jesus that right now, yes, that's it, honey. Let that go. We break that thing off of you and we declare you free today. We command that to come off of you in the name of Jesus. We release you, we release you, we release you in Jesus' name. We release you, we release you in the name of Jesus. Satan, we rebuke you how you affected her. We just speak over her right now, freedom and peace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it, honey. I want you to let that go tonight. This is the best place, so let that go. I mean, you let it out. You let it out. You let it out. You let that out. You let, come on, let's get down here on the floor. Come on, let's get down here in the presence of Jesus. We're going to get down here. We're going to let this out. We're going to let this out. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you heal the heart. You heal the heart. Lord, I pray for the ghosts and the shadows to go away. I pray, Lord, for the fiery darts to be quenched right now. Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus, this child of God, her life free. We rebuke the bondage and we declare that thing they got to come out in the name of Jesus now. Right now, pain. I command you, pain, to come out in the name of Jesus. Pain and fear. No more pain and fear. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, heal the heart, God. Heal 
the soul. No more troubled, troubled waters. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bring Mama great peace today. Lord, bless her. Fill her with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit just flood over this family. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you gather us up. You comfort us. You encourage us. You keep us. You guard us. You protect us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for peace. Lord, I thank you for great peace. I thank you for the blessing of God upon this family. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the ways that you're, that you're working yourself in. <laughs> I'm telling you, God, he's, he's working in. He's, he's moving. I mean, he, he, is, he, is, he is on the move. Hallelujah. Showing himself. Reminding you. Revisiting. Stirring. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that the best is in front. Oh, Lord, that all the years that it seemed like something ate them up, Lord, they're being restored. And the overflow, the overflow of blessing is going to encompass her life, all that pertains to her. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for filling her with the Holy Ghost tonight. Jesus' name. Thank you for these girls, Father. Lord, bless them. Thank you for the gifting and the calling in them. Thank you for that thing surfacing and rising up. Thank you for that thing flowing to the max. Thank you, Lord, for the power of God coming through it. Thank you, Lord, for your Jesus being seen in their life. Lord, we just speak peace and grace to them. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the man of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you. <laughs> thank you, Father. Thank you for great freedom. Freedom to live and enjoy. Freedom to be at peace and rest. In the name of Jesus, bless him, Father. Bless him, Father. Hallelujah. Another line has formed. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yes. Lord, bless her. Full of the Holy Ghost now, 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 now. <laughs> From the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Man, I'm telling I put my hands on her, my belly jumping. My belly's jumping. Hallelujah. You ready? Are you sure, Titus? I don't know. You look ready. Do you look ready? Are you ready? You sure? All right. Let's lift our hands up. In Jesus' name. Father, we ask you to bless, <laughs> bless Titus right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, rekindle the fire of camp. Lord, let it work its way into him. In the name of Jesus, Lord, light him so on fire that he just continues to burn throughout the year and he's a flaming torch by the time camp comes back around again. Father, I thank you that the fire is spreading. The fire is spreading in his generation. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, pull of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for these hands. Thank you, Lord, that these hands are filled with the Holy Spirit things, that these hands are going to be used of God. Lord, fill these hands with the things that you want him to carry in these hands. In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you for this man. Father, thank you. Let the touch come. Let the touch of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Lord, I pray for him, even physically, to, to recoup greater strength. Lord, stamina, strength, vigor, life. Lord, I thank you. Lord, for want to. Lord, to be strong in him. Drive to pursue the purpose of God. Lord, deposit in him and stir within him that gift of faith that gives him a tenacity to hang on regardless of what circumstances talk to him. And in the name of Jesus, we declare the mountain is moved way is clear in the name of Jesus hallelujah hey brother praise God amen would you lift your hands up to the Lord father I thank you for this man in the name of Jesus I thank you for the calling of God in this man Lord we just ask you to stir the fire up inside of him because he's got much to give away Lord in the name above every other name in the name of Jesus fire 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 in him in the name of Jesus. Out of his belly. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, brother. Huh? All right. All right, let's pray over that. Let's hold our hands up to the Lord. Lord, we're coming into agreement. And we declare healing to her right now. We break the power of the enemy. It's the devil. Satan, we rebuke you and command you to turn her loose and we stop this work. We break this operation. And we declare her loosed from this and her body aligned. In the name of Jesus. God, we claim it right now. In Jesus' name. Healed. Even now, change. Hallelujah. Now you go home and you lay hands on her. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for Nikhil. Thank you, Lord. You know, this is going to be weird, but I, but I saw myself doing this. I'm like, I don't do that. That's Catholic. But And I saw myself just putting a cross on your head. <laughs> That's weird. But then I heard these words, there's a seal upon you. You know, there's, there's a seal upon you. You know, like, a, like, a, like you're, you're sealed. There's been something that's happened to you where there's been a separation, a long awaiting separation. And you, you are now, you know what happens to people who get, who get separated unto God in this manner? 
their hands get filled with, with they become consecrated I heard heard a brother define consecration one time that God puts in your hand now because you can you can hold it you can work it because you've been set apart for it hallelujah 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 in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Jesus thank you for that seal father the seal of God hallelujah hallelujah Andrew in the name of Jesus Lord we ask you to fill Andrew with the Holy Ghost <laughs> Lord we thank you hallelujah 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 out of your belly in the name of Jesus 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 hallelujah you know not every season seems favorable but we're commanded to be instant in season and out of season Andrew, we're commanded to be instant in season and out of season. So even when the season doesn't look favorable, don't succumb to what it, you perceive the season to be. Because I'm seeing, I'm seeing a line in front of you, and I'm seeing you that the line's in front of you, you know the line's in front of you, but for some reason, you decided to back up a little bit from the line. And I'm telling you, the Lord says to me to tell you, don't go that direction. You, you don't let go. You, and listen, I, I know you serve, and you know I don't. I, I don't. I hope this never embarrasses you or anything like that. But I'm telling you, I hear the Lord saying, "Don't back up, don't back up, don't succumb to the season. Be instant. Be instant." Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. Get ready. And you know, be careful about me time. <laughs> be careful about me time. You know, that, that's a, that can be an addiction. <laughs> you know, I understand everybody needs a little bit of time, but sometimes me time <laughs> is a place where, where, where uh, be careful with it. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. They can't figure it out, huh? So you've been hurting. All right. What's your name? Darlene. Awesome. There you go. Come on. How long have you known? <laughs> That's awesome. How long have you known Jesus? Wonderful. So we need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and receive the power. And you believe that. Jesus is the one who baptizes us. So if you would, I want you to close your eyes and lift up your hands as, as much as you can. And I want you to say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And your word says that you do that. And so I believe tonight that you will. So I believe 
that I receive being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And when Pastor Ben puts his hands on me, I'm going to receive my prayer language. And I'm determined. I'm going to catch the flow in Jesus' name. I want you to take a big old deep breath. And I want you to quit talking in English, but I want you to pray in tongues. In the name of Jesus, Lord, fill her with the Holy Ghost and power right now. Lean off into it and trust God with it. In the name of Jesus, it's going to come right out of your belly, but you do the talking, he gives you the power. You do the talking, he gives you the power. That's it. It's trying to come out of your mouth right now. That's right. It's coming out of your mouth. In the name of Jesus. Fill, 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 fill. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, loose that tongue. And let it be turned loose right now. In the name. I'm telling you, sister, all you got to do is step out in faith because it, it's coming out. It's, it's trying to come out. And so if you will believe, all you have, you'll never understand what you're saying. Your mind doesn't understand it. We won't understand it, but you will. Yeah, I mean, you, you, will, you will feel it coming out. You will speak it. And I'm telling you, it's right there. So I want you just to, one more time just to close your eyes and take that deep breath and just step out. Just step out in that prayer language. It's as simple as In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fill her with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Lord Jesus. That's right. That's right. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, my friend. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. And Lord, we pray over her concerning that pain. Lord, we believe that what you revealed, you're going to heal. So we call that pain out of her body. Lord, whatever the source, it's a devil. And we command that thing to turn loose of her right now in the name of Jesus. And we declare and prophesy, sleep all night with no pain. Have rest in your body. Have rest in your soul. Stop being tormented in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we forgive everybody who's hurt us and wounded us. And sister, I, I mean, lean into that part too. That if anybody has did anything in your past and it still haunts you or hurts you, then we're going to let that go tonight clear the slate on that. We forgive them. Yeah, I forgive them, Father. In the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Let that pain leave her right now. Pain, we call you out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you in the line? Waiting on Luke. All right, come on, Luke. Come on, Lucy. Well, they avoid me like the plague. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bless Lewis. Fill him with the Holy Ghost tonight. Let the power of God rest on him. Lord, infect the sheets, amen, with the anointing in his life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I see the Lord turning a switch in your life, brother, that's a favor. Favor in your employment is going to happen. There's favor. It's the grace of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Favor. Favor. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. Bless Joe right now. I pray for the anointing upon him, Lord, to stir up, move, and the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this man of God. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for the grace of God resting on him in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pastor Tammy's occupied, Pastor Annie, so we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for this, this, this pastor. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I walked into this, this meeting uh, on Sunday morning, and I could see it all over you. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're wearing that coat real well. Hallelujah. You're wearing that coat real well. I mean, it's so evident. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Fire. Power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this, God. Lord, I'm asking you to answer some prayers. You know, I, 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 don't, I can't look in, but I can see like a box with prayers. And you're, they've been presented. And I'm telling you, I believe the Lord is going through the box. And he's responding. And your heart is about to be full. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Bless Lucy. Bless Luke. I love your glasses. They're so cool. Amen. Lord, I thank you for Tiffany and their trip down. Lord, I pray that you just bless her with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that she goes back more anointed than when she came. Lord, that the power and the flow, Lord, is like the electrical current in a wire. That it just begins to operate in the ministry that you've called her to. Lord, in all those different places with the different hats that she wears, Lord, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow. Almost like the song, let it snow, let it snow. No, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Amen. <laughs> in the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. Give them a safe journey. Thank you for them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless Gil. Thank you, Lord, for this man willing to step out. Lord, he'll find himself walking on the water more and more and more. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We bless him tonight. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, I'm going to give it to you tonight. Oh, oh, David. Amen. I'm sorry, David. I didn't, I didn't mean to miss you. I know you were following me around. I was like, David's helping. <laughs> you know, he's getting in line. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for favor and grace in his life also. We thank you for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the flow of God bleeding over and working into all the areas of his life. Or sometimes the man feels like he's a juggler. <laughs> and then somebody has just thrown another bowling pin in the thing, and he's throwing it up in the air, a little higher, a little higher, a little higher. Well, he's got the grace to do that. So I bless him tonight. Thank you for him. Holy Spirit, fill the man. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm glad I came to church tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Boy, God is good. Amen. Well, we're back here tomorrow. I. I there's nothing else to say or do. We just got to come back tomorrow. Let's come back with expectation, trusting that the Lord is going to do all that he wants to do, all he desires to do. So listen, go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I will see you back here tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is our final night for uh, Pastor Ben to be with us. So 7 o'clock, come expecting. Bring someone with you. Amen. Amen.